The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host, uh, is with us. And you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking at some of those cutting-edge people, cutting-edge tools, techniques that can help you and your team move into the top 10%. So today we have the opportunity to talk with Mitch Russo, and he has a book called The Invisible Organization that we're going to kind of highlight that and get some of his tips. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about Mitch. He has a you know, fantastic background. Mitch co-founded Time Slips Corporation which grew to become the largest time-tracking software company in the world before it was sold to Sage in 1998. Mitch then went on to join his long-term friend Chet Holmes as president, uh, later to join forces with Tony Robbins. We all know Tony Robbins together, and they created business breakthroughs internationally with nearly 300 people and about $25 million in sales. In 2013, Mitch began writing The Invisible Organization, which is a CEO's guide to uh, transitioning a traditional brick-and-mortar company into a fully virtual organization. Now, don't we all need that kind of information? Let me tell you a little bit about uh, our show, and I'll bring on Kathy, and then we'll say a little bit more about Mitch when we bring him back on. You know, Leadership Development News, we're in our uh, eighth year here. We're one of the top-ranked business shows on Voice America with millions of listeners in 27 countries, 126 cities. Uh, people download these interviews, you know, over these eight years, as many as 95,000 in, in a month from all the different shows. And you can get it at uh, iTunes and also um, at Voice America. So uh, I'm so happy to be working with Dr. Kathy Greenberg for all these years. She's a, a delightful woman, author, leader, uh, coach. And Kathy uh, leads executives and entire companies in a, a process that is uh, happiness equals profit, where she uh, has also been named the first lady of happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored um, multiple popular books on the science of happiness, what happy companies know. One of her uh, latest bestsellers is what happy working mothers know, and she touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She also has uh, founded an executive consultancy called H2C Happy Companies, Healthy People. She offers her friendly tips to be your best at home on the syndicated uh, TV show, The Morning Blend. And you can see her happy face on her happiness app. It's called uh, 
Your Happiness Now. It's a high app. You can get it to iTunes stores. And in the last couple of years, Kathy's been focusing on Fearless Leaders, her title of her book, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus. It's available on, on Amazon. And you can go to her website, drkathygreenberg.com. It has free downloads, and you can get uh, some assessments and um, resources there. And drkathygreenberg.com. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Riley, and it's a pleasure to uh, obviously be doing this show with you for eight years, and we're delighted that we're in so many countries and so many cities around the world getting 95,000 downloads a show. It's been an amazing experience, and I'm really excited to hear from our guest today, Mitch Russo, and uh, learn about this uh, this book on um, the topic of... Uh, being invisible. I think that's uh, something many of us feel often. Uh, I think before we bring Mitch on, though, I would like to make sure everybody knows that my co-host, Dr. Relly Nadler, is a master level certified executive coach, a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and of course, a team trainer. And uh, Relly, you know, you uh, have always um, brought your legendary expertise and emotional intelligence uh, to everything you do, your keynotes, your consulting, your coaching, and of course, your development programs and all of your uh, independent coaching programs that you do through EI Central. Um, we know that your top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, is outstanding. Um, it is a book that many of us have as a mainstay in the business of emotional intelligence and the science of happiness because it provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries. And, of course, you can um, use them for yourself, those who are, are listening. I would ask you to go out and download that free iApp uh, that Relly also offers called Leadership Keys Field Guide. Uh, it's available at Amazon, and you can get it as a book or an ebook. And as I said, also as a free iApp, Leadership Keys also comes with videos, and you can find it at your app store. Uh, also, for those of you who don't know Relly Nadler, is a popular blogger on Psychology Today. He has over 90,000 reads, and you can get his information on a regular basis from Psychology Today by going to Leading with Emotional Intelligence. So let's get down to business here and give you one more gift from Relly. If you go to EI Central and text EI Central to 38470, uh, let me give you that again. If you text EI Central to 38470 or visit Rally at truenorthleadership.com, you'll get plenty of free goodies, bonuses, and opportunities to be your best at work and at home. So, Rally, um, I know we have a lot to get through today with uh, our conversation with Mitch Russo. Is there anything you want to say about leadership in general and why yeah, we do this show and uh, why it's important to us? Yeah, I'll keep this brief so we can talk to uh, Mitch, you know, because he's obviously got a lot to, to share and a wealth of experience. So we talk about leaders and leadership development news because the leader, as we would say, is the emotional thermostat for the team and or the organization. It'll be interesting. We'll hear from Mitch about the emotional thermostat uh, that he's seen with, with Tony Robbins and people in, in his or, organizations. But people are really influenced by the leader. They set the tone. That's why the emotional thermostat. And one of the keys is someone who's got a high in emotional intelligence versus how smart they are or technical expertise seems to be the glue, seems to be the kind of the key ingredient that allows people to move further up uh, in their organization. 
And so we'll highlight some of that as we talk with uh, Mitch. And let me just say a little bit more about Mitch. You know, he started his public life as a lead guitarist of a rock band called Absolutely Free. So, Mitch, I'm interested in this. My son uh, plays the guitar, the electric guitar, uh, and see how that's kind of led you. Mitch has been quite productive uh, using the proceeds from a real estate uh, portfolio in Massachusetts that he built through the 80s, and he's generated the working capital for his next venture, and that was the time slip. So we'll hear a little bit about uh, that. And uh, he is a avid, average, um, an avid uh, travel and landscape photographer, uh, he's won prizes with, from the Sierra Club for some of his work. He has also in his past been uh, nominated at, in Inc. Magazine as an Entrepreneur of the Year on two separate occasions, 89 and 91, and won the Best Entrepreneur in 1989 from a list of 4,000 other entries by the National Association of Legal Vendors. So welcome, Mitch. We're glad that you're with us. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. It's such a great show. I'm really privileged to uh, to be on with you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Well, we always ask this first question, and then Kathy and I would jump in and out of asking some of the questions that we have for you. You know, who's been some of your major influences uh, in your life, just, you know, around leadership and, and, and allowing you to achieve some of the things you have? That's a, such a great question, and I um, um, the first person that comes to mind is a person who I, I guess I was following around the country for a little while. Uh, wherever he would speak, I would show up and be in the audience, and that's Tom Peters. Oh, um, wow. Tom, for me, was the prototype of thinking back when I started Time Slips Corporation because I think he broke down some of the problems I was having into very clear and precise solutions that I needed at the time. So Tom was wonderful at helping me understand hmm. the dynamics inside of my growing, quickly, rapidly growing company, and he gave me the tools I needed to really ascend through the, um, through the multiple millions of dollars as we kept growing and growing and growing, and, and allowed me to stay in control and, and, and really have a, a terrific culture inside of our company. You know, uh, Mitch, as you talk about culture um, and you talk about the work um, that you've been doing, uh, how, how did you come up with this, um, with the book called Invisible Organization, and why did you write it? Well, that's, that's um, an important question. Uh, the book was written after I left BBI, after I left Business Breakthroughs, after Chet Holmes, which was my dearest friend, lifelong friend and, and mentor passed away. And um, at that point, I felt like I, you know, I had five intense years with Chet and Tony, and I didn't really know what my next project was going to be. So I got some advice from a friend. That friend was Jay Abraham. Mm -hmm. And Jay said to me, you know, you've got to write down what it is that you know about this, because if you don't, it's going to be lost, and it's too valuable not to, not to share it with the world. So Jay was my inspiration, and I, I got busy making notes about what I did and how we did it. And it was really a year of writing that went by until I realized what the theme of this was about. <clears throat> and it was really about this transition that CEOs need to make if they're going to stay vital and, and they're going to, to be 
um, uh, future-based companies is they need to transition to operating virtually. And being a virtual company is more than just having a bunch of software. Uh, it's really about the mindset of the CEO. And, and you guys are in the exact right space with this because you talk about emotional intelligence and so much of what I do with my own clients and what I do in the book is help the CEO get their mindset right before changing a single thing inside the company. So having had the experience of running BBI with 300 people all operating remotely, me running the company from a spare bedroom in my house, generating $25 million in revenue, uh, it, that's those were the ideas that I was able to encapsulate in the book, and I actually blueprint the entire process of starting from scratch, building your plan, and then taking it forward. Wow. So um, I can't wait to kind of get into this some more, you know, hear first about, uh, you know, some of your experience of being a CEO yourself, and then, and then second about kind of what you have, have in your book, and then also we want to hear a little bit about, you know, what it was like, you know, working with uh, Tony. Sure. So you, you've been listening to uh, Leadership Development News. We're going to take our first break. And so uh, make sure you, you tune back in. Um, this is Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having uh, a delightful conversation uh, about a new book called The Invisible Organization by Mitch Russo. Mitch, um, tell us a little bit about... Um, your your key message in this book, and um, tell us a little bit about perhaps your experiences that led up to writing it. Sure, the key message that I think I'm trying to say in the book is that it's it's vital 
that we move into an environment where we serve not just customers, which has been the rant of so many business owners for years, but to serve the people who work for us. Being invisible, being a virtual company, is probably a much more enjoyable place to work if I can work from home part, most, or all of the time. And the rewards to the company are substantial. They're beyond what most CEOs can imagine once they dig into what it really means when a company decides to go virtual. And to do it right, I say they go invisible. And the distinction there is between the difference between doing it the hard way and causing a lot of friction or doing it the right way, have everything go smoothly, have customers feel that the people who they work with and deal with on a daily basis, your staff, if you're the CEO, be happier doing what they do, be more interested in serving you, the client. So these are the things that the book is designed to address it's not a software manual. It's not a techie book. It's not about what systems to buy, although I do cover that in part. Hmm. It's more about the mindset of the CEO, preparing the company, working with your teams, making sure that you understand how to get buy-in at every level, and then moving forward cautiously and slowly, one division at a time, sending people home, measuring, making sure that productivity is soaring, and then proceeding to the next. Wow. So, yeah. so you, <laughs> that was a mouthful. But I think yeah. that, we, we want to we definitely jump in there. And, Kathy, I, I have a question, and then you got one, too. Just for our listeners, because you said uh, a lot of things that I think we can go deeper on. For the CEO, is around engagement. And a lot of the, what you're talking about, you said there's many benefits for working at home. Maybe you can kind of share that for someone who, you know, will think, well, wait a minute, I don't know what they're doing. You know, what are some of the benefits first? And then we can talk about some of the other stuff. Sure. Well, from the CEO's perspective, I mean, the benefits are are that, number one, uh, there's no expenses related to real estate, no expenses related to to uh, infrastructure that they hmm. used to have. When we introduced this idea to Tony Robbins, and he thought about it and decided to do it, it, he reported saving about a million dollars in year one after it was done in real estate alone, real estate huh. management expenses alone. Um, but the thing about it is that it's not so much the CEO saving money. It's about changing the culture of the company. It's about increasing the communications between the CEO and staff. It's about best practices and making sure that everybody in the company is bought in to the CEO's vision. Hmm. And with that comes the systems to make sure that the training is in place, that people are connected, that conversations happen, and most important, that profits soar. When you um, think about what CEOs need to do, Tell us a little bit about these experiences that you write about in the book and how is it you can instruct someone at that level who's trying to make, you know, so many virtual systems work to achieve their goals. How, like, just give us some ideas and some examples perhaps from the book. Sure. Well, the basic philosophy of trying to, to, to make the decision to go virtual 
is to understand that everything must be interconnected. It's sort of like life. <laughs> Every, we're all interconnected, right? So we have to stay interconnected, and we have to share data, and we have to do it in a way so that there's no duplication. So if you go into the average company, you'll find that there's silos of data in different companies. There's a customer management system where there's a silo of data. There's probably an accounting system where there's another silo of data. So one of the first things that we do on a, um, on a uh, pragmatic basis is we go about identifying these silos and trying to map out how they can be combined and shared among all of the systems that we're about to put in place. So that, from a standpoint of, of how we do it, that's the blueprint part of the book. When, um, when I work with clients today, what I basically do is I first find out why the CEO thinks they want to, do, want to go through this process and make sure that they want to do it for the right reasons. There's also another whole part of the book that talks about not just the CEO's mindset, but helping the team come up to speed and understanding what leadership is about in a virtual company versus a traditional brick-and-mortar company. My experience has been in both. I built a software company. Uh, it grew. Uh, it was all brick-and-mortar. And then later, I transitioned into operating and running a virtual company, which was much bigger than my, than my brick-and-mortar company. And what I noticed was the difference in me, the difference in my hmm. desires and abilities to communicate and to make clear what the mission of the company was. When I worked in a building and I walked around, I felt like I was in control. Well, I was wrong. I was less in control walking around than I was when I was finally able to master the, the, both the technology and the mindset of being able to manage people from my office in my house. So, so hearing more about this, because um, we want to get into kind of the, the specifics, one of the things in, in this is, you know, what are some of the mistakes that a CEO may make in trying to go virtual? And then we'll maybe hear about what, you know, what you've done to make it work. Sure. Well, one of the key mistakes that people do is to, is to ready, fire, aim on a process like this. Mm -hmm. So they, they decide that, you know, hey, what the heck, let's, you know, we didn't want to pay the rent on that extra uh, sales floor anyway. Why don't we just send everybody home and have them just work from their houses? Well, if you're not prepared and if you don't prepare your staff and if you don't have the systems in place to both train and monitor them along with the management in place, to make sure that your virtual staff is productive and happy, then that's going to fail. And when it fails, you will immediately be turned off to the entire process and probably would never do it again. So wow. those are the types of pitfalls I think you'd find. that People have tried something that didn't work. Now they're done. They're convinced it would never work. Mm -hmm. You see, so... What we do instead is what we work, we work with leaders, we work with CEOs and management teams, and we get them to understand how, first of all, we start at the very basic part of what is a leader. We start with understanding the vision of a company. What is the why behind the CEO, the company? Why is this company in place? Who is the creator of this vision? And that vision must permeate the entire corporation, and it must be done all the time. That's not like what most CEOs right. do, as we find. Would you agree? Well, it sounds like hearing you talk, Mitch, you know, and what you're saying, the, 
the brick and mortar versus virtual, you got to do more work. Uh, and maybe because it's it's virtual, you're you're not only doing more work, but you're working on the right things. So how how does a CEO communicate the vision? Like, what are some of the methods about that? Is it you know is it kind of a a uh, weekly conference call or using technology where they get a voicemail every day or, you know, what? how does that work? Well, the, that's, again, I'll go back to my experience. When I ran my software company, <clears throat> you know, my staff probably probably saw me every day but rarely heard from me, mm-hmm. you know, particularly once we got north of 100 people. And then when I managed Sage as the chief operating officer, I had over 300 people uh, indirectly reporting to me. I'm sure that didn't hardly... I knew hardly any of their names. Hmm. So what what the difference now is that when you're virtual, you are it's part of your agenda every day to communicate. And if that's nothing more than an email to the troops, then you send that email. If that's a voicemail, then you send that voicemail and you schedule teleconferences, internal teleconferences for your teams. You get people on the phones, you make random calls one-on-one and you talk to people. And you find out how they are. And, and the idea here is simply to stay in constant communication mm-hmm. with your staff, with your teams, and with the people who make a difference for you and your company. I think that's so important because I think people forget that they are they're dealing with individuals, and as Relly would say, who are a reflection of the, um, of the leader's uh, qualities and um, emotional thermostat. Um, what do you think about that, Mitch? Well, you're absolutely right. And one of the things I have on my website uh, is a test that leaders can take that define the 10 key traits, leadership traits of, of an invisible CEO. And I even provide a download so that they could distribute that for talking points and management meetings to their top leaders. So, you know, if everybody did this, whether they were virtual or not, People would be happier, companies would run more smoothly, and overall, I think customers would be better served. The difference is, is that in a, in, in a virtual environment, when you shift that focus to staff, you're changing the world. Why? Because now we're not wasting energy anymore, making people drive some way for, somewhere for an hour every morning to get to work. We're not wasting resources on buildings we don't need and powering them. We're not wasting time commuting. Now, that time, uh, incidentally, is happily given back to the employer who is now saving a fortune on all these other things. They're actually getting a more productive employee at the same time. So these are all the things that make being a virtual company truly valuable to, to everybody involved. So, Mitch, um, give us the uh, your website, and then we'll go to our next break. So, if people want to take that uh, assessment, what's the best website to go to? Invisibleorganization.com. Okay. And on the website, I mean, there's a there's a resource center that is um, available partially for free, and then if you buy the book and you put in your Amazon um, receipt number, you get access to the entire resource center which is, by the way, how I update the technology sections of the book. As you can imagine, the moment the book is written, <laughs> it's almost obsolete. So right. I use the website to constantly be um, improving and adding uh, huh. uh, products as they come out. Great, great. All right, we're going to go to our next break. This is Leadership Development News, so stay tuned in. We'll be right back. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a discussion with Mitch Russo, who is the author of a new book called The Invisible Organization. Uh, Mitch, let's go back to um, some of the conversation on the pitfalls uh, that most CEOs make uh, when they're really trying to do what most of us would think are novel and innovative things, but that um, that often create what you're calling this in, this invisible um, kind of model behavior that uh, can be a problem. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, well, one of the pitfalls, as we talked about, was having disparate systems or things that don't talk to each other. The second major pitfall is, is basically not preparing management and getting people ready for this process. And we talked a little bit about that, too. Uh, another very important pitfall is to make sure that everybody in the company understands the direction of where we're headed. There are going to be people who simply cannot handle working from home, and we need to know that in advance. We need to make sure that we have put in place procedures for what it means to work from home. Now, in certain types of jobs, it's very easy to measure productivity. I, I use an example in the book of the, uh, the delightful young woman I spoke to on the phone to JetBlue when I was making a reservation. Well, I don't know if you know this, but most of Southwest Airlines and JetBlue have gone to uh, all home employees for their reservation centers. Did you know that? 
I happen to actually only know that because every time I call either of those organizations, uh, most of those uh, wonderful people happen to be in Arizona, and uh, that's where I'm flying from. So they always say, hey, I'm here in Arizona. <laughs> that, exactly. And, and what happens is that if, if you notice, when you speak to folks from those particular companies, they're just they're happy. They're, they're delighted to talk to you. They're relaxed and friendly. Uh, they're there to serve, and they feel great about it. And I was chatting with this woman who is a reservations agent, and she told me that she loves working from home. In fact, they sold one of their two cars. Her and her husband don't need two cars anymore. Mm. And that she gets to walk her dog during the day. And see, the thing about ma- managing is making sure that people are productive. Well, with the online systems that I talk about in the book, it's very easy to see when someone is being productive and when someone is not being productive. And as I started before saying, there are some people that are just not meant to work from home. They, they can't stay focused. They can't, they can't really pay attention unless somebody is really there over them. And others find it's socially difficult to not be around people in a, in a live physical environment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let me so, ask you a question, though. Do, mm? do you believe that there are certain, I mean, most everybody works from home at least a couple days a week in the current world, unless they're, you know, working for um, a cable company or, you know, a service organization. Mm-hmm. People generally work from home. Are there things that you help people understand about um, what it is that people need in terms of a structure if they're working from home? Yes, and when we work with management, one of the things we do is we design a workflow and a work day for every division. So if we're dealing with designers, we understand basically we try and structure their day for them. If we're working with engineers, that's a little easier. They're used to structure. If we're working with sales teams, again, that's something that they're used to too and welcome it. If we're working with marketing teams, we do the same thing, but the structure is going to be different for each division. The thing about it is that we're able to measure what they're doing uh, almost a little bit in a way like Big Brother, but in a less ominous way. We're, mm. we're there to help. There, there are open chat lines uh, and you know, social chat rooms online all the time for people who need a little break and just want to catch up with, the, you know, with everybody else or, or share some ideas uh, or share a problem that they're having that they need some, maybe some quick help with with the client. It's all there. And so that's going to be, I'm looking at your website now, and just to give some people the information. So the, the chat room would be one thing. You've got some great things in here. Um, so mind mapping software, time tracking tools, group collaboration systems. Maybe we can talk about that. You have uh, learning management systems, calendar scheduling systems, you know, uh, you know all on the, on the cloud. What, say a little bit about maybe some of the group collaboration systems, because I know that uh, it, it was so important in many organizations go you know going to that more often yes yes see group collaboration um is actually not new it's been around for for a long time even something as simple as a spreadsheet a shared spreadsheet if used properly can turn into an incredibly valuable tool for a team there are innovations i mean one of the things that that we now easily do is we go on google and we could use the, the google spreadsheets but um but there are things now called smart sheets where you could share spreadsheets and also have conversations with people while you're working within a spreadsheet. There are things like 
programs like Moxtra, M-O-X-T-R-A dot com, that is really fantastic for working in smaller teams, and it creates a sort of a binder with all these assets for the team so that you can pre-populate a Moxtra room with all of the documents required before a job starts. Hmm. So there's so many wonderful things out there. There's HipChat, another incredibly versatile, simple chat room type of an environment for teams. There's Asana, A-S-A-N-A.com. Again, it's a it's similar to the I don't know if you're familiar with the program Basecamp. Uh, it's a lot like project management, but it right. allows people to quickly move within tasks and um, assign tasks to each other and get hmm. things done. So there's just and so much these, going on in this environment. Want, and if people are, are interested in that, all these kind of resources are in the book. Then yes, they're in the book and they're on the website. And you. And you mentioned what? Uh, chip chat. What hip is that? Chat. Is that right? Yes. H i p c h a t. Hipchat.com. And what is that? Well, this is this is an interesting tool. It's it's basically a chat room that you could break out into groups. So hmm. if all of a sudden you know we're on a management call and I say, okay, uh, the three of us are going to be working on the new marketing campaign, you know, in two clicks I can open up a hip chat window, drop the three of us in there, and now we have a collaboration environment for that marketing campaign, hmm. even though we might be part of other divisions or chat rooms or groups anyway. Right. So it's it's the sort of system that is so flexible and so quickly deployable that most people find it almost. Uh, I guess invisible <laughs> to their daily life because they kind of live in it in in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, given some of this, one of the things would be you know, let's say you have folks who are more uh, senior uh, managers, senior leaders. They may be more the baby boomer types. Um, and, and if they're not interested in doing this, they don't want to work at home. It's too much of a of a change. You know, maybe they're not as tech savvy. How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's that's a difficult one, and I think it, it basically comes down to an individual determination what the person's goals are for the rest of their work career. You know, I worked with a group of executives. Frankly, most of them were in that, were in that place. Yeah. And what we decided to do is we decided to create a, um, a smaller um, but more intimate office environment just for those executives. Huh. So they shed about about thirty thousand square feet of real estate, and released about six thousand square feet of real estate with a dining room inside, with a sh- with a kitchen, and um, with a lot of amenities so that they could feel comfortable and at home. But they committed to the training required to use the software systems so they could still manage their divisions. Hmm. So that's how, like that would, so, you know, at least kind of appease them nicely. Claire, Kathy, yes. did you have a question? Well, I just wanted to, I wanted to know uh, from Mitch's point of view, when you're putting together a list of the kinds of software that people can use to do this work, um, what kind of research do you do, and kind of what what have you seen? that uh, shows you that the things that you're speaking about in the book really have benefits so that people know that this is real and it, and it really works. Sure. 
Well, let's start with the first question. Uh, what I do when I work with a group is uh, we map out, and by the way, this process is, uh, is in the book. It's blueprinted as part of the, the book itself. Um, what we do is we map out the flow inside of a company of, of customers, of prospects, of the workflow inside of a company. We call them particles. So if a particle must move from one place to the other, we track that particle. We make sure that that workflow particle is handled and passed off in an environment that never loses it, that keeps track of it, that expedites it to the next place. So once we understand the actual flow, then we pick systems that we know in advance will integrate with each other to manage that flow. So it's flow first, systems second, mm. and all of the systems are cloud-based so that there's no servers, there's no hardware. Um, the only thing that people would really need is um, you know, their own equipment in their own homes, which the company can supply if, they, if they're that type of company or not. But once we have all those pieces in place, then what we do is we flip the switch and we turn it on and we monitor how well it's working and then we tweak it and adjust it so that it fits the needs of the company. Okay. Now, when you, um, when you teach this in the book, do you suggest uh, particular software tools for people to use or, or the process that you've applied uh, this blueprint uh, can be used to come up with those solution sets? It's a little of both. I, I, I give guidance on software and systems directly in the book. I name names. I give website addresses. Uh, but those things changed. And since the book's been written, you know, there's been updates. And those updates are on the invisibleorganization.com website. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to begin the conversation with a book and continue the conversation on the Internet as both technology improves and, frankly, as companies evolve, I'm documenting that as well on the website, too. Okay, great. I mean, I remember when I was a managing partner at Accenture, I was one of the first people um, in the early part of uh, 2000 to raise my hand and say, hey, you know, I'm happy to do virtual hoteling. I'm happy to give up my office. I'm happy to do what's best for the company because if other people need the space or we can use the space for, you know, for better purpose, let's do that. And it was amazing, the backlash to that. So I guess one of the questions I have for you is, um, you know, how do you get CEOs to understand how to do this? And more importantly, even if the CEO is an advocate, how do you make sure that the directors, maybe two or three levels below, are really um, participating? You know, here again, it comes down to need and desire. If uh, You can't force anybody to do something like this. This has to be something that the CEO realizes he needs to do and wants to do it. You know, there's, once the CEO has decided that he wants to do this, then, and he explains that clearly to senior executives in the company, then really what it comes down to is this is what the boss wants. Let's find a way to make it go as smoothly as possible. That's generally the mindset that I see. And then... Well, mm-hmm. and I was then just going to say, let's, let's just take a quick break on that. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. 
And uh, Mitch, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that and also what age group seems to be the most resistant uh, to moving towards a virtual environment. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of uh, Top Performers. We're talking with uh, Mitch Russo here. His website, and if you want to get the book and some of the, the resources he's been talking about, is www.invisibleorganization.com. That's invisibleorganization.com. Uh, and so, Mitch, you know, one of the things that Kathy was asking you know, about people having some issues with this, what's some of the, what's some of the data that uh, maybe independent resource that kind of can, can help a CEO, an organization move towards uh, being invisible? That, that's a great question. There's actually quite a bit of data, and probably the landmark study that I point to a lot is done by Stanford University in 2014, and it's called Does Working From Home Work? And in there, they do the analysis um, on several divisions inside of a company, and what they found is that they saw a 13% increase in productivity by sending people home. That simple. You send people home, you get a 13% increase in productivity. Wow. And that didn't count what they saved on infrastructure and on um, environment. Wow. So how come CEOs haven't already done this? If it's such a it, great idea. You, you know, it, it comes down to a lot of, 
reasons why. I mean, many CEOs are kind of saying, well, why would I do this? Things are good the way they are. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I have a business, and we're running, and everybody's working, so don't talk to me about stuff like this. This is meaningless to me. And you know something? Uh, If those people are happy doing what they're doing, then uh, why not? Let's stay the way you are. That's no problem at all. But there are others who are noticing that business has changed, and it's changed for the worse for them. And the reason it's changed for the worse is because there are young people out there who are reimagining their marketplaces. And when that happens, for heaven's sakes, you look out because the older generation companies are going to be starting to lose business. When CEOs see that, they become interested. They uh-huh. want to know what they can do to recapture that edge, that energy, that passion that they once had when they were really thriving. And that's when a CEO decides that he's going to pick up a book like mine, take a look at it, and see if it makes sense. That's fabulous. Um, it really does make a, make a, a lot of sense. Now, it does. is, is there a certain size company that this is best this. for, or like, well, where's the sweet spot? Generally, you know, it's interesting. I find that, that, you know, the current young generation of entrepreneurs in their 20s and 30s, this is a very natural process to them. Uh, they, probably, they may not know a lot about the tools or a lot about the, the management mindset stuff, but what comes natural to them is understanding that they want to operate as inexpensively as possible, so they gravitate towards virtual systems. Uh, the older folks, or the, the 30s to 50s generation, are the ones that are adapting this the quickest right now because they really get the need, and they've been in business a while, so they understand the value of slashing expenses and at the same time thrilling your staff and clients. So it's, a, it's kind of a mix. Um, and then ultimately, um, again, as I said earlier, when you apply the tools and the processes in the book, the outcome is very close to guaranteed because this is a time-tested, proven method of taking a company virtual. I would think that this is something that um, any company would be looking to do with uh, particular divisions that do service, that do customer uh, inquiries, that um, that do many of the same things that our friends at Southwest and JetBlue do, talking That's to right. customers. That's um, exactly if you have right. a happy employee, you're going to have a happy customer. That's so true. So true. And so many CEOs are finally getting that. So one, Well, you know... Ahead, I was just going to say, I think one of the things that concerned people, I know when we were going to a virtual environment um, at, at our company, Accenture, was the idea that um, there's also insurance issues. Uh, if, if somebody slips and falls during uh, working hours, is that a company problem or is that a problem of the homeowner? Anything like that come up in your world, Mitch? Uh, yes, and let me make two points. I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, uh, another side benefit that most people don't talk about is the number of sick days drops dramatically because people don't take a sick day if they don't have to get in the car and drive to the office and, and, and show up at an office. And instead, if they could just move to their, you know, literally walk from their bedroom to their home office and work, then if you have the sniffles, it's no big deal. You just work. So sick days start to drop off pretty quickly. The second thing you asked about was what happens if somebody gets hurt at home. Well, in a sense, it's, it's, it's um, a little bit of an oxymoron because 
Um, if you're home, you're generally not going to be hurt. And if you are hurt, you're not going to blame your company for being hurt. I mean, maybe there's carpal tunnel syndrome or something, but it's generally not an issue. And most companies carry insurance that would easily cover this. Hmm. Excellent. Thank you for that. So one of the things, maybe as we're bringing this down, um, you know, I looked at your leadership competencies, and they're similar to some of the EI competencies we talk about. But let's say, you know, acknowledgement, empathy, um, what are some of the tips that you give to CEOs and people now that they're remote, you know, about kind of constantly building up the organization? You know, we know from positive psychology, you know, the, the kind of ratio positive and negative they say in businesses should be three positive interactions to one negative. Um, how do you, how, what do you encourage people to do or, uh, virtually, you know, to keep people motivated and encouraged? Well, one of the things that, that you do in a virtual organization that's different than others is you're constantly reviewing. You're constant, remember now, um, the way you judge people in a virtual environment is almost entirely based on their productivity. So no longer do we care if somebody has um, personal hygiene issues or if they're, if they're late or, or, or they don't, you, don't, you know what I mean. So, yeah. We don't really care about these things anymore. We care only about whether they're really, really, really good at what they do. And if they're really good, what we do and what the leadership guidelines in my book talk about is to constantly encourage people to not only continue doing well, but to share what they know. We build learning management systems inside of all of my client companies so that our staff can share what they know, and they're proud of the courses that they build internally to help train others. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so now there's pride of authorship. By the way, the CEO, the savvy CEO says, for heaven's sakes, if that person leaves, I have an entire course that teaches my next employee how to do exactly that job. What's bad about that? Right, right. Well, you bring up an interesting point because some of the behavioral stuff are, are you know, it's usually interaction with others. The so-and-so is playing their music too loud. Um, they, they chew too loud. I mean, all the kind of irritating kind of mundane things are taken off the table because there is no table. <laughs> exactly. There is no table. That's correct. <laughs> well, Mitch, this has really been uh, quite enlightening. I'm, I'm, uh, Ordering your book because I definitely want to get the tools. Um, so, um, for our listeners, go ahead and uh, go to www.invisibleorganization.com. Get Mitch Russo's uh, book and some of the resources. So, thank you so much for for being a part of this sh- our show tonight or today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And just to close out, Mitch, I also want to make sure that our coaches who are listening know they can also go to www.coachingsystemsarchitect.com. I'll say that again, www.coachingsystemsarchitect.com. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, Mitch. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.